When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to Beyond the To-Do List. I'm Eric Fisher. This is the podcast where I talk to people behind the productivity, not just about how to be more effective and efficient, but also about how to do work with meaning and purpose. I'm breaking the format of this podcast a little bit with this episode. This is going to be just an episode that I felt had to be done. It's a conversation between Chris Brogan and myself about Batman. (laughs) Yes, Batman. I was talking to Mike Vardy of the Productivityist podcast, and he's all about Green Lantern and willpower. But I would suggest that potentially Batman has more willpower and discipline. We're going to talk comics. We're going to talk Batman. We're going to talk why and what about Batman draws both Chris and I to him in terms of a hero, a role model, a a fun character, a cool character, a freak uh, we're just going to get into it. We're going to have fun with this and you'll be able to pick out some really cool stuff. I am sure. Before we get into that conversation, I want to say thank you to doodle for sponsoring this episode. Doodle is the headache eliminating tool when it comes to scheduling all of my meetings. I'm one of 24 million people using doodle each month to save time and schedule, not just my one-on-one meetings, but also group meetings and events just shooting out my possible dates to them and letting everybody get back to me all at once instead of ping-ponging the does this work? No. Does this work? No. Does this work? No. Stuff to more than one person or even just one person. You've all lived through that. It's a pain. But using Doodle eliminates that pain. Go to beyondthetodolist.com slash doodle. Try it out. And you can use even their basic scheduling service for free. They also offer free personal scheduling profiles called Meet Me. I know a number of you that are using those. And Premium Doodle that connects with your calendar and automatic reminders and more is only $39 a year. That's a deal. So anyway, try it out for free. Let me know if you've tried it out for free. Go to beyondthetodolist.com slash doodle. Okay, we're breaking form. We're going to do a, <laughs> a not serious talk about a serious guy who is a comic book character. It's Batman. It's Chris Brogan. Let's talk. I couldn't be any happier. This is this is going to be fun. All right. Obviously, you, people see you wearing Batman t-shirts all the time, and, and I've done some of that myself. And, and it's not just a branding thing. I think there's a, there's a mental image there that, you know, hey, I'm Batman. I can do all. I can do it, you know? And... How did you get into Batman? I know my story. I'll share that. But wh- how long have you been into Batman, comics, etc.? 
All right. So I was about age five. My grandfather was a candy salesman in Augusta, Maine. And uh, sometimes he would have to take me on his route. And sometimes I would beg my way onto his route. And he would take me around to all the various places where he would deliver candy. And that was back when comic books weren't, you know, a major investment. And so we were, uh, we'd go to the Depot News, which is like a bus depot, Greyhound Terminal, and also had candy and comic books. And so uh, I got a bunch. And, you know, I started with all the same typical comics that regular kids would get like Richie Rich and Donald Duck and all that kind of stuff. But I always wanted the superhero comics. And there was kind of like a little debate. And I think my gramps decided instead of my parents deciding. And next thing you know, I had like some Justice League or something like that. And I was just always really into Batman and never into like Superman and all that. And then I think like a lot of people do, uh, at least back in the old days when, you know, superhero comics were the best of the comics and there weren't, there wasn't all this anime is I switched over to Marvel because Marvel kind of went a lot closer to the uh, relationships of characters and things like that. And, and, you know, had less or more struggling, but I guess what I first got into Batman for was that I just kept thinking, he's just this guy, you know, compared to a bunch of superheroes that, you know, essentially just wears a costume and punches people and has to kind of hold his own. So I thought that was just really cool. So at what point did you, have you been a fan your whole life? I mean, did you like for me? Okay. Here's my story. Yeah. Um, earliest comic book memory I can remember is my mom had all these cousins in Maine and Hey, that's near you. And, uh, We'd go visit them, and they'd have these boxes of comics, and they were from the 60s, and they were original Spider-Man comics. So I'm flipping through these, and, and it's like, wow, this is amazing. And, you know, I'd watch the TV shows and the cartoons and all that. But uh, somewhere in the early 90s, my brother was in the hospital for an extended period, and somebody, one of her cousins, handed us a box, and it was filled with pretty recent Batman so I I poured through these like there was the the cult miniseries was in there, um, wow, uh, death in the family, uh, all those like tons of classic stuff and it was like oh my gosh like I'm immersed in the world and you know so being in that point in time of being I, don't know, I was probably thirteen fourteen fifteen and you know one you know feeling emotionally vulnerable based on uh, my brother being in the hospital Mm -hmm. and then connecting that to Bruce Wayne's vulnerability of his whole origin story. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this just hits me. It guts me. And, and I fell away from it for a while. I mean, only until I don't know, five to 10 years ago now, actually 2005, somewhere in there, I got back hooked back around. I don't know how it was just kind of a random, I think it was the inklings, the early inklings of the digital, stuff that was coming down the pipeline of you could you could read it that way you know so did you have a period like that at all yeah i mean so again i've been uh, this makes me so old like i've been reading for 40 years because i'm 45 oh wow yeah i mean think about that four decades of comic books um that's i mean that ugh. that's that's a there's some good stuff in there ancient yeah. but in that process i mean I've, I've i'm like a lot of people i've come i've gone i've come i've gone and you know comics as a business has been sillier and sillier like i remember the yeah. 90s with all the foil and all that kind of craziness and um it was just a it was a very strange time you know for comic books and and so i was not into you know, chasing down every single one. I've never been much of a collector per se. Um, 
But instead, what I have been is just someone who uh, writes, you know, reads them when the, when the time is right. So, like that reason, I don't really like. I, there's some definitely huge arcs of stories that I don't remember, for instance. But I can tell you that in the whole process of it, in the whole scheme of it, um, I've always kind of had my ear to it. So even when I wasn't getting them, uh, I had a long time subscription to Wizard Magazine, which covered the industry. Right. And I've always just kind of kept one ear just gently over in the corner to it. Uh, and I think that the, I, you know, what's always kept me to it, and it's really interesting because it's changed a bit over time, is I think that what's kind of, you know, connected me to it is just the idea, or, or Batman specifically, is just the idea that now my thought is, this guy's a billionaire. He could fund an army and get the and get the streets fixed in Gotham, but he still wants to do it one at a time. So I went from thinking how cool it was to like this guy is psychotic, and and it's fascinating because he just technically wants to go put his fist in the mouth of every bad guy one at a time, like instead of like really er- eradicate the problem. Oh man, you, you okay? So let's dive into this. Like, let's really dive into this because what you just said really is not a thought I've had before. That. I mean, there's this whole drivenness to him. I mean, there's this the, part of the mystique, part of the the appeal to him is obviously the whole he's a self-made superhero. He, I mean, and unfortunately, he had a tragedy that sparked that. But uh, you know, he he pulled himself up and kept going. And I've always said, even if he didn't have the money, I think, and, and you kind of get a hint of this in the Christian Bale uh, that yeah. Batman begins. He throws the coat. Or he sells the coat to the homeless guy and throws his coat in there and, and runs off and just lives the slum life for a while. And, and I really like that because it's like, see, he didn't even need the money to be Batman. It was yeah. his mind. It was his body. It was his willpower, his discipline. Agreed. Agreed. But, but then, I mean, that's the thing is billionaire or not, he just really wants to run up and punch one person at a time. Like if you think about it, like, it, it really goes weird going backwards. Like you go, wow, he's got that awesome car. What's he do? He uses it. To, he, he spends so much money on that car so he could drive to someplace so he can get out and punch a guy. And then he gets back in it and drives somewhere else. Right. And, and then sometimes he needs the jet to somehow get there faster so he can get out of it and punch a guy. And then he gets up back in it. And then he'll go home and go find a submarine because now he's got to go to some water place and then get out of that and punch a guy. <laughs> like his vehicles are essentially punch delivery systems. Like he doesn't barely do much with them. I mean, even in all the movies, I mean, he uses one to tug a nuclear bomb out to sea. That's about it. Uh, most of the rest of the time, he flies somewhere and punches a guy. Yeah. And the, the him being the guy that's the puncher is – uh, yeah, you're right. He is psychotic. He wants to like I mean it's that thing where okay, this happened to me. I don't want this to happen to anybody else. W- at what point does the line between okay, I'm becoming selfless and a guardian and whatever to cross over to he's just compulsive and can't help but do it. Right. I mean that's or is what- it both. They've picked on that a few Jeez. different times. In The Dark Knight Returns, yeah. there's that whole, you know, newscaster story angle where they're saying, you know, Batman brings this on himself. And a lot of people are saying that there would be no bad guys, you know, hovering around Gotham mm-hmm. if there weren't a Batman. Um, but I think that, you know, it, it then makes you wonder this the other way. Like, you know, now take that story back one more way. So then why? Why is there a Batman? Why should we be thinking like this? Yeah. It, you know, like, why should be this be an interesting kind of guy? I don't know. 
Well, there's, and, and you're touching on it right there. I mean, with uh, the Dark Knight Returns, and there's there's so many multiple versions of Batman at this point. I don't think there's any one you know canonical. This is the Batman story anymore, right. and I like that because that way you can kind of. I mean, there, but there's in that spectrum. There's always that. He's a good guy. He's a driven guy. He he's he's gruff and doesn't like you know people being around him. But at the same time, I think something that's always well most of the time consistent is that he still, regardless, needs other people. Yes, and that's yes. always cool to to see how that plays out. Whether it's with Alfred or with uh, other you know his adopted family, and actually even blood family these days with uh, Damien. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you enjoy Beyond the To-Do List, I invite you to check out Best Laid Plans. I'm Sarah Hart Unger, the host of Best Laid Plans, a podcast devoted to all things planning and planning adjacent. I talk about everything from paper planner reviews to deep dives into all things productivity from keeping track of goals and tasks to fitting in your true priorities and reducing the stress around planning and organizing across different areas of life. I am a practicing physician and mother of three, so I have a lot going on in my own life and am intimately familiar with the time constraints that impact us all. And I love sharing my own productivity strategies and learning from others who have their own ideas to share. I invite you to check out Best Laid Plans, available on all podcast platforms, or visit my website, theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com to learn more. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, as, as, even as they add people, they alienate the other ones or they you know, kill <laughs> yes. the other ones or something. So there's a pretty low sum number. I mean, every now and again, people will say something about the TV shows that are out. They'll say that uh, Daredevil is basically you know another Batman. It's a guy running around a town screaming at people. And then there's you know all those other ones. So I mean, to me, all of them, are, you know, uh, Arrow and Flash and all that are kind yep. of pointing at something, you know, where, I, I don't know, I think we sort of need an anti-hero in some ways, but in this world full of anti-heroes, again, it points to, whew, now what do we do with this guy? Um, and I don't know. I, I, I mean, I can tell you that, you know, my experience of, of sort of what I do with that, you know, Batman thing is I only use it in my own head as like a work ethic, like I use it as a way to think about pushing myself and trying to get a lot further uh, through what I'm doing. And that's how I apply it. See, and that's what's interesting to me. And I, and I saw that right away. I'm like, okay, one, I don't think Chris really thinks he's Batman, although I've never seen you both in the same place at the same time. So there's that. 
but uh, <laughs> right. uh, it, it just it strikes me as you know the there's people who are who will say well you know B- Bruce Wayne's a bill um, you know billionaire probably not just millionaire and uh, so that's it's the excuse of well I don't have money or I don't have resources so I can't improve my situation and I'm just like yeah but it's not the money that makes him Batman it's that he's Batman that makes him Batman, you know? Right. I want to say to them, you know what's free? If you don't have money, you know what's free? Push-ups, crunches. Yep. It, it, it will cost you time, but you can do that while you're watching TV or listening to podcasts. So. Absolutely. And I, and that's, you know, I think that's where I am with it. I'll never have a mutant healing factor. Uh, no one will ever stick adamantium bones in me. Uh, I am not from Krypton. I, I've tried to be bitten by radioactive spiders. They're just regular and it hurts a lot. Um, none of those other origin stories really line up too well with me. Uh, so I guess I will have to stick with the Batman minus the billionaire part. And, and to your point, I mean, it's just the easiest one to envision. And I don't, you know, it's so funny because when you mention Batman, some people think Adam West, some people think Christian Bale, some people think none of those. And, you know, the comics, they often kind of envision the utility belt and they often envision the various vehicles. But I always, for some reason, ever since Dark Knight Returns came out, I always just thought of that you know, second version of Batman after he's even lost the armored uh, shirt. And it's just that sort of black on gray, you know, black logo. I've just loved the idea that he's, you know, what he's delivering is, you know, it's just him punching things. I love that. I do. I really, really do. I, and and part of that is even the fact that he's so driven to punch people that he pushes through the pain to do what he sees or thinks needs to be done. And again, not in like a selfish way, but even, well, partially maybe for a selfish way. Again, it's selfish in that he has this need that he has to do that punching, but even do it for others for their own good. I mean, there's, there's that altruistic, like, Oh, Batman's a hero, but yeah, but he also likes doing it to a certain extent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's sitting around there going, gosh, I'm, you know, I'm really sad and worried about other people at this point. I, I really do think it's like a, you know, a psychosis. I, I think he's, I've got to go out and hit some people now. Yeah. And so what's even interesting in some of the more recent, uh, Storylines is uh, I, I see <laughs> it, it, I actually got a little teared up. I'll confess, but uh, Damien, his son, bi- biological son, spoiler alert, um, is joining him as Robin and is back. I won't go into that. And uh, <laughs> the two of them are so similar. Like you, you, they're so gruff, they're so driven, they're so focused, but they're running out there together. And I see Bruce turn to him. And look at him with a look of pride. And, you know, he smiles. And I'm like, Batman's smiling. That's kind of out of character. And yet at the same time, it is Batman's character to, you know, almost in a way be proud of this progeny that's so much like him now, you know? Right. It's crazy. Right. Well, and the thing that he keeps saying, I mean, to dig into the storyline just a little, is that he's saying, you know, just don't kill him. Like, right. you, you yeah. know, you can hurt him a lot, just leave him alive, which is equally kind of weird to me. Just, you That's know, true. you can maim him. Yeah, because <laughs> the whole thing, the whole thing with Damien is, is he's come from an even worse childhood, honestly, than than Bruce from being grown up to to be trained to be an assassin in the Rachel Ghoul and his mother Talia's army. And geez, that screwed up, too. Yeah. What are some of the uh, current uh, storylines that have sparked you? just really appreciating Batman 
recently. You know, at this point, I am so abstract about it. Like, I, I really am. I, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I can't, like, I did not actually like the Talons storyline that came out because I had this sort of weird feeling like, Oh, so suddenly we're going to backdate this storyline uh-huh. of, you know, I felt the same way about Hush. Everyone really loved Hush, but I sure didn't because I had this weird feeling of like, where'd that all come from? Um, I, I appreciate uh, the year, the zero year stuff. I appreciate the Earth 2 kind of stuff. I mean, we went through all that effort of trying to clean up all the universes uh, back in the early 80s, 90s. And, and now and they're doing it again right now. Yeah, we're just going to mess it up again. <laughs> it's fine. Convergence is out. So I don't know. I think there's some real fun stuff. But I think that, you know, any particular storyline, no. I just, like, I don't care that Joker's back and gone and back and gone. I mean, the, the death revolving door thing, I, I just think right. it's because we can't, you know, we can't get over, we can't come up with new superheroes. We might as well revive the dead ones again. Nobody dead, nobody that's ever dead stays dead, unfortunately, in comics. And it'd be great to, to have some consistency and just keep someone dead, you know? But uh, the the whole Joker thing is a little bit. I, I mean, I, I the whole Scott Snyder run for the past what three four years now, geez, um, has been some of my favorite stuff. But yeah, not, it doesn't replace or erase anything that came before it. It's just it's been interesting to think of some of the themes that he's been doing, especially like you said, the zero year stuff where Bruce is just literally starting over or starting uh starting up i should say it's almost batman begins in comic form but done way differently and you see him screwing up and you see him learning how to do stuff and you're just like man this is not batman but i see and i like that he's learning to be you know yes and and, and scott snyder i mean there's a few people and, and it, it's sort of weirdly that uh i follow and connect with these people a lot on social platforms like scott snyder and right. i have talked back and forth for a long real time uh and also greg pock but the reason i connected with those particular writers out of the bunch uh one is because they're nice enough to write back and be humans but two um I love their writing style, like American Vampire, which is where Scott was from originally, and some of the stuff Greg Pak has done. They always are taking this very powerful, fresh take on things, and I love it because it's just not, you know, it's just not recycling through the typical. Uh, we're going back to basics scenario that you hear every damn time someone gets a new chance to write a comic. Yeah, I love that. I, I, that was that was really what kind of grabbed me. I was like, this is not the standard Batman that I've read up till now. So, um, how, how much do you think, how much of the Batman, you know, connection is there that it's just this, he, he's doing that theatricality, that persona or that image, you know what I mean? Like the, that he's care that he puts on this mask, you know? So here's our plot twist. Um, if you go look at wearebatman.com, you will see Brett Culp's uh, charity film, Legends of the Night, which talks about a whole bunch of people who were, were inspired by Batman and who decided to sort of become real-life heroes because of it. And so this whole love of Batman plus charity kind of experience where they've benefited uh, 60 different charities, including Ronald McDonald House and Make-A-Wish and St. Jude's and all these sorts of things, Special Olympics. So these Legends of the Night screenings and all that are uh, and the hashtag we are batman which is really fun to go search uh, shows you kind of this real passion that people have in general around batman and then also that you know there's this almost icon of here we are helping people so pulling away from the whole psychotic thing for a minute 
people still have that feeling of there's a real person inside that costume and it could be anyone. And so thus it could be us and, you know, we are Batman. And that's even funny because that was mm, touching on the year long story of Batman eternal that just closed out, which for better or for worse was a ride. I don't know if you were reading that or not, but, uh, it was interesting. Nuts, really. I mean, pretty much. Half, you know, those are the stories that I get a little sad about at some point because I start getting this feeling like, ugh, again? But, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what's cool, here's a plot twist for you. Legends of the Night is actually on Netflix. Free. Yeah, I just heard that. It so, just came out, right? Yeah, I ju- I, I, it's been in my uh, queue for like two weeks now. I've been meaning to get to it. So now I, I'm going to absolutely have to get to it. And I'm going to have to link it up in the show notes and everything. So We Are Batman is the hashtag. Legends of the Night is... Uh, on Netflix. Man, that's awesome. Totally. Dude, we can't talk enough about Batman, unfortunately, right now. But uh, I don't know. Is there anywhere else people can go to that uh, – go go to your Instagram feed. That'll be part of it. <laughs> that displays – dude, if nothing else, that displays your work ethic because we consistently see you wearing a Batman shirt in the gym pretty much every day. It's day in, day out. It's not – Ugh, I gotta, I gotta go back to the gym again today. Ugh, I just worked out in the billionaire Playboy Mansion all day, and now, or at the you know the Wayne Foundation all day, and now I gotta go fight crime tonight. No, he does it because he has to. He does it because he needs to. He does it because he wants to. Absolutely. So do you. I- I keep making the joke that, you know, uh, I've got Batman's work ethic, but I'm, I'm trying to get after Wolverine's physique uh, <laughs> because, boy, Hugh Jackman, yep. um, you know, I saw him deadlift 450 pounds or so on his Instagram, and I was like, huh, I'm not near that yet. So I've, I'm up to 405, but now I'm just trying to get even closer. Like, I just want to get my way up to be able to deadlift what Wolverine can deadlift. We're the same age, so I figure that's a good measure. That is a good measure. Chris... Thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure, Eric. This is real fun. Before releasing this episode, I thought it might be a good idea for me to go and check out the movie Chris suggested. What was great was it was already literally in my Netflix queue. Talking with Chris really catalyzed the thought that I needed to go watch that. And it's only about an hour and 15 minutes or so. It's really cool. A lot of different stories about how the character of Batman has influenced everyday people to do extraordinary things. And I I think that's part of why I'm just very much, you know, all about that character, that uh, storyline. It's this person that's driven and disciplined and resilient. You know, one of the things in especially the first uh, of the movies of um, Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy Batman Begins is this line that is said, I don't know, probably four or five, six times in the movie, this, why do we fall? We fall so we can learn to pick ourselves back up. It's about getting back up. It's about getting back up over and over and over again. And I think that's one of the appealing things, as well as the overcoming of your own fear. Uh, One of the lines, again, in that movie, Batman Begins, is Bruce is saying to Alfred that the criminals are going to share in his fear of bats. So it's almost taking what you're afraid of and tilting it on its head and then making it something that you use as a weapon towards attacking your fears back 
something like that. It's almost, you know, whichever martial arts it is where you use the other person's movements against them. So what's the point? What's the point here about talking about Batman on a productivity show? Well, I think that you can get that it's about discipline, that it's about being driven. It's about motivation. And again, Chris and I, it really did stun me that Chris said Batman will drive all these high-tech complex things and do all this training just to go to someplace to punch a bad guy. And I think there's more to it than that. But that is one of the versions, one of the facets of this character that is honestly out there. For me, there's so many different Batman Batmans, Batmans, whatever, Batmans. Uh, There's so many different versions of Batman out there. The perfect Batman is the one who, yes, like all of them, has had this tragedy in their past when they were young and didn't know how to fully cope with it. But they grow up and they grow and they learn and they train with this motivation of, this happened to me, it sucked, I'm not going to let this happen to anyone else, and in fact... That not letting it happen to anyone else is kind of born out of an idea of, I'm never going to let this happen to me again, if you can understand that. So it happens, the tragedy happens, he starts to train to never make, I mean, it wasn't his mistake, but never make that, let that painful thing happen again. And then in in the meantime, grows to the point of realizing he can use his new quote-unquote, abilities or superpowers, regardless of the financial uh, abilities of Bruce Wayne, regardless of that, that he can use that to make sure or to attempt to at least make the world a better place for people around him and keep this thing that happened to him or variations of it from happening to anybody else and can be this idea, this ideal, this attainable, highest you know, top of their game, mentally, physically, human ability uh, of a person. So you take all that, and that's my perfect Batman. However, I think the other piece that I really like, and we're going from just a fictional perspective here, one of the things I really like when I've read Batman comics is you take that hard-boiled of a character and show that they are still human. They're not... That the emotional component, the relational component... Because that was kind of what was broken, this not getting to have a, a relationship with his parents. That as tough as he honed himself to be, that Bruce honed himself to be into being Batman, that then down the line, he has an amazing relationship with his surrogate father slash butler, Alfred, not to mention all these other characters that come into his life. I think one of the fascinating you know, dichotomies of Batman is is he's this dark, tough, scary guy who had something crappy happen to him and grew to either be psychotic or super disciplined and tough or a mixture of both, but still is also this human wanting to replace this hollow place in himself where his parents should have been. And that's where he, you know, has these love interests or these surrogate sons and fathers and etc. So, it's an interesting read. Anyway, if you've never read a Batman comic, I mean, there's there's some really good stuff out there, and it's pretty cool. I want to touch on one last thing that's kind of a practical takeaway from this episode. We're all listening to this show thinking, yeah, I want to, ha- I want to be the best that I can be physically and mentally and emotionally and work ethic that Chris mentioned. That's great. But one of the other things that Chris and I didn't get to talk about was this whole other 
aspect of Batman where he's part of just the Justice League and other superheroes and team-ups and things like that. The practical takeaway is this. What team are you on? I want you to identify what team you are on. Not necessarily what superhero you are or what your superpowers are. On a very practical level, identify what team you are a part of. Specifically, what team it is you're on. I think that's something that we, we kind of miss, you know, thinking about we all try to be Batman. We try to do it alone. We try to take on the world and no, I don't want to call Superman. There's a, some humorous stuff in like the Lego Batman video game that I've played with my daughter and Robin's like, let's call for Superman. We need his help. And Batman's like, I don't need his help. And it's funny. But at the same time, it's like, no, I mean, Superman will hear you. He'll help you. And, and we all try to be Batman. But that doesn't mean we don't call on others for, for help when we need it. And we all need it from time to time, probably more often than we realize. So I want to leave you with that thought. I want to leave you with that homework of here's your practical takeaway. Identify your team. Is it your family? Is it your coworkers? Is it your business partner? Is it, you know, you may have multiple teams. Superheroes have different teams. So identify those teams. Hop over to the show notes for this podcast and leave a comment. Who's your team? What's your team? What's your favorite superhero and why? And definitely drop Chris and I a line on Twitter. Let us know what you thought of this episode. It was kind of an experiment just to see, you know, hey, let's talk about something completely unconventional in terms of a podcast episode about productivity and just see how it goes. And I, I think it went pretty well. I really am, am kind of proud of this episode. Thanks again to Doodle for supporting Beyond the To-Do List. Make sure you go take that headache out of scheduling your meetings with your team. Go to beyondthetodolist.com slash doodle. And don't forget to check out their updated new mobile apps. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, theorize over the TV shows Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and Under the Dome, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx.